Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. P with Mr. P Explorers, and if you are tuning in right now, you are back for yet another episode of Mr. P's Tales from the Road. How's everybody doing today? It is a beautiful, beautiful fall afternoon here in Cleveland, Ohio. The sun is out, and it's like 70 degrees out, which is very strange for mid-October, but I'll take it. Uh, the past couple days have been rather cool, and all of a sudden now we're having this like Indian summer thing going on. So wherever you're at, I hope you're sharing in that wonderful weather. It's supposed to last all throughout the week and all into the weekend, which is great news for all of you out there going exploring. I know for me, I'm getting excited here because I, uh, as I mentioned last week, I have plans to head out this weekend to places abroad. Uh, I am heading out to Buffalo, first of all, to pick up my, my traveling companion, and then we are we finally decided on Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. We are heading down there to do some exploring, to deep dive, and, and just kind of dive into what's around there. We got tons of pins, um, no idea what we're going to find, but we'll see what happens. So I'm sure we'll have plenty of stories to tell upon our return. Um... Now, as I'm planning this, as I'm planning this trip, uh, I, I'm sure you guys have run into this. Uh, I, last week, I, I started trying to get a hotel out in Buffalo. Uh, I wanted to drive out Thursday night so that Friday morning I'd be ready to go by 6 o'clock in the morning. We can roll out, and out we go. Uh, that was the plan. Uh, I head right from school and to Buffalo to my hotel room. Now... The problem was, every single hotel I tried to snag in Buffalo, in and around Buffalo, was the ungodly, was the ungodly prices. We're talking like 450 bucks for a hotel room, for a single hotel room. Um, and, and this wasn't even like any of the high class. We're talking like just your, your regular, basic, you know, Holiday Inn Express type situations here. You know, 450 bucks. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Uh, you know, and then I asked my friend, I'm like, is there something going on that I should know? But he's like, yeah, man, the bills are playing on Thursday. I'm like, ah, made total sense then. All right, so everybody and their mom has gotten hotel rooms, um, you know, for the bills game, and that's why it's so expensive. Like, every single place. So I'm like, damn it. So I'm going to have to spend the night miles away in beautiful, scenic Fredonia, New York. All right, which is about midway between the PA border and Buffalo. Middle of nowhere, Fredonia. Uh, it's a Holiday Inn Express, so it should be decent. Um, like even the Roach motels were expensive. You know, even though, like the, the 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 places you wouldn't go if if you, you know, if if you had nowhere else to go, you'd rather sleep in your car. Those places were were outrageously expensive on Hotels.com. So I guess you know, all all you know, all due respect to the Bills. You know, I hope they I hope they get what they're I hope they get the win. Um, but you know, <laughs> not good for hotel uh, for hotel purchases. But anyway, so we'll be heading out this weekend, and I'm excited to get back to Philly. I've not been back to Philly since 2020, uh, that summer of 2020, the plague summer, which we're gonna actually talk about in a little bit here. Um, now, as I'm recording this, it's actually Tuesday. Usually I release this on Thursday. You guys will be starting to hear it on Thursday. Um, I'm recording this on a Tuesday simply because things will be so crazy that on Thursday I will not have time to record and post. So this will be kind of, you know, coming out. I'll, I'll hit I'll hit post as soon as I get home, and then I'll be leaving from there. So um, it's technically Tuesday. So anyway, but at this point you should have heard the latest episode of Mr. P's Rust Belt Mythology, uh, the Green Man of Pittsburgh. Uh, that was what happened on Tuesday. Um, I haven't had much feedback on it. I don't know what you guys are thinking about the, the, the mythology stories. I thought, you know, I was trying to go for something different. Um, 
not many people have much to say. So I don't I don't know if you guys dug it or not. I would do more. I mean, if you're interested in me continuing on past Halloween, uh, maybe doing one a month or something like that just for something different, let me know. I would be happy to do that. Um, there's so many cool things in the Rust Belt area, just weirdness and, and just ghosts and you know all kinds of crazy stuff. This time of year is perfect for that, obviously. Uh, if you want to hear more, let me know. There's plenty more out there. Um, I would love to do an episode on the torso murders in Cleveland. Uh, in fact, I may do that anyway because there's a couple abandoned locations attached to that. So we may we may do that. If you've never heard of the torso murders, oh man, what a crazy story. Um, happened in Cleveland back in, I believe, in the 30s. Um, you know, Elliot Nasty Untouchable, he's involved. Uh, it's just a, a whole crazy murder that was never, ever solved. To this day, they have no clue who did it. Uh, a bunch of dead bodies all over town, decapitated, right? Um... It's a Cleveland story, so I may be doing that. We'll see. Anyway, um, you know, let me know. Let me know on the mythology. Uh, my question to you guys is, what what do you want to hear more of? I know, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, some some stuff more closer to home lately here in Cleveland, but uh, just the other day, I posted a a poll on on Twitter. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, X. All right, and uh, just asking, you know, what what would people like to hear? Uh, Chicago uh, was one of the options. Uh, Chicago stories. New York City stories, more stuff from the summer, you know, Bronx and Brooklyn stuff. Um, Gary, Indiana, I believe, was one of the choices. There was a couple different choices, and so far it seems to be Chicago. But, you know, if there's stuff that you guys would like to hear about, if there's different cities uh, that I've been to that you want to hear more of, let me know. Let me know. I would love to do a story, you know, that you guys would be interested in hearing. I would be loving to do that. So let me know. Just drop me a message um, on Facebook, at the Facebook page, Mr. P Explorers, or drop me a message on Instagram or wherever you see me or hear me. I would, I would be, you know, I, I find my messages in all over the place, so please do that. Um, let me know. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, today's story, I thought maybe we'd, we'd stick a little bit more closer to home again. Um, not Cleveland necessarily, but very close to Cleveland. Uh, the story I have to tell today features two locations, one of them which is sadly not with us anymore, and the other one is up in the air. No one really knows what's happening with it. Uh, the story we're going to be telling today, the two stories we're going to mention today, uh, are back in the city of Lorraine, Ohio. Um, I did an episode on Lorraine, I don't know, a couple months back, probably still during the summer uh, when I was out there. Uh, Lorraine is a small, tired Rust Belt town, just like everybody else you know, in the area that just got its ass kicked uh, during the great deindustrialization of America, right? Right there with Cleveland and Youngstown and Toledo, and just it just got its ass handed to it uh, because all the industry left. And uh, whatever's there now is what people are living off of, and it's not much. Um, not a ton of abandoned places, but it never really gets any coverage. Nobody really ever talks about Lorraine. There are some cool things there, abandoned and non. So I thought I'd take today and talk about two places that we explored that uh, I did not mention in the last episode. Um, so that being said, let's dive on in here. Uh, the first story we have today uh, actually happened deep in the summer of the Great Plague, as I like to call it dramatically, the Great Plague of covid uh, in the balmiest days of the month of July in 2020, right? That wonderful year that all of us would love to forget. Okay, I returned to Lorraine uh, to meet up with a few other local Cleveland area explorers, and the goal was to tackle this brooding giant mass of an abandoned hospital known as St. Joseph's Memorial 
now abandoned, you know, abandoned at the time for about five years and just sitting there waiting for its fate. So we had found out that there was a door open. You know, it was always kind of iffy. No one really knew. It was kind of hit or miss. And we decided to meet up that morning and make a run for it. And uh, that's what we did. So we pulled up near the hospital, you know, down the street. There's a little parking lot in a, in a, in a lab or something across the way. Um, nobody was there. It was a Sunday. So we, we pulled up and parked. Uh, and it was one of those very still, just kind of stifling, stuffy, and humid summer days where just time itself just seems to stop. You know, you get out of the car and it's just like there's just nothing going on. It's, it's, it was 8 a.m. in the morning. Uh, the sun was up. Nobody was out. It was quiet. Um, just everything is just one of those summer days where just, you know, time seems to go on forever. And, and, you know, like I said, the streets of Lorraine were completely silent and empty at 8 a.m. And that was the way we wanted it to be. Uh, we were hoping nobody was out and about, you know, walking their dog or, you know, sitting on their porch or whatever uh, to, to witness us slinking into the open door in the side of this, this, this hospital, uh, the attached community center that we've been, you know, we've been made aware of. Um, we planned the explore, and we found out this is the way to get in. So you know, we're kind of slinking along, like you know, some kind of crazy old Scooby Doo cartoon, right? Slinking along along the side of the wall. Um, so we ducked into this nondescript metal door, and just like that, we're inside the mildew drenched and dim recesses of what used to be one of Lorraine's most well known hospitals. Um, so much had gone on in this hospital. So many people that, that live in Lorraine can say they were born here. Uh, it, it's a very famous place if you're from Lorraine. I mean, people and people people remember, uh, you know, breaking their arms and going to going to St. Joseph's. Um, so, a little history on the place before we jump into the Explorer itself. Um, St. Joe's, as they call it, was founded initially inside of a house, way back in 1892. All right, by Father Joseph L. Bin, and I think I got his name right, Bin B I H N alongside Sister M. Ludmilla Schmidt. That's not a German name. I don't know what is. And then uh, also involved with Sister M. Antonia Adams. And their goal was to treat children who required immediate surgery. Uh, the nearest hospital back in those days was way off in Cleveland. You know, this is 1892. You couldn't just hop on I-90 and be there. Um, you know, you didn't have life flight or anything like that. There, was, there were no facilities for that kind of thing. And they decided to start one right there in Lorraine. Uh, by 1916, the operations had grown, which called for expansion of their new medical center. Um, and so it began like that, where, you know, buildings started getting added on, and, and before you know it, you have this thriving hospital. And for decades, this hospital was the place to be in Lorraine. Um, you know, it just kind of grew upon itself, you know, like just you know, different, 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 like, like a mold almost, you know, section by section. And this, this, this hospital was very successful. Um, until the 90s, all right? Even it had beaten all of the craziness that had happened in Lorraine with, with you know, mills closing and factories closing. Uh, but by September 15th, 1994, St. Joseph combined with the Lorraine Community Hospital, and they renamed it St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, it, it kind of, you know, sucked in some other people and became, you know, a conglomerate hospital. Um, the operations of this location continued for only a few years. Uh, the hospital itself closed in 1997, and they merged with Mercy Health. And I want to say there's another hospital in Lorraine. I can't remember the name of it, but I think it may be Mercy. Uh, that's where everybody started going. Uh, so the building had sat abandoned for a few years before coming the St. Joseph Community Center. 
Um, so you had, you know, places for art and uh, probably some, some classrooms and things like that. Uh, it also housed local political offices. There was a community college satellite branch there. They had a veterans affair clinic there. Um, so there were, there were people using it. But uh, by 2013, the, the people that, that were in these you know, empty spaces that were renting these spaces, the tenants had grown completely sick and tired of the heating and cooling issues that were going on. The HVAC system was on, on, on the fritz, and it was going wacky, and you had leaks and just all kinds of things. It's an, it's an old building, and things were going south pretty quick. So uh, this aging center, um, people started leaving. Uh, the property was completely vacated and, you know, completely uh, emptied, and the center was closed for good in 2013. That was the end of it. Uh, Lorraine City Council members approved spending of $1.6 million state taxpayer a, a grant uh, to do asbestos abatement, and the original 1916 building that was, that was there um, was finally demolished. The, that section was demolished in, in 2015. Now, the portion we found ourselves in was the newer section, so... Um, even if it was dilapidated and now completely wrecked up over the last five years, right? It was, it was relatively, you know, new-ish. You can tell it was built in the second half of the 20th century. All right. And, uh, as we moved around this, this, this labyrinth, it's a huge maze of hallways and rooms and sections and emergency sections and things like that. You could tell the place had been built in stages over decades. You could tell there were different architecture styles. There were different looks. There were different things going on. Um, you know, you could tell one part was the fifties, one part was the seventies, one part was the nineties. You could just tell by the way things were built. Uh, and there was a lot to explore in this building. Some of it in better shape than others. You know, you had patient floors. You had the ER, the emergency room area. Uh, the cafeteria and kitchen was still there. The chapel, uh, the ICU, the old morgue. There was an old psych ward there. There was a hospice wing. Uh, labor and delivery, you know, for babies <clears throat> was there. Surgical centers. There was a whole surgical area uh, we'll talk about here in a minute. The VA center, there's a, a veterans affairs center and medical building that went with it. So there was a lot to see in this building. You know, we all told we spent about four hours in this place, just cruising the floors, looking for, you know, whatever we could find. Uh, more than enough to keep us busy for a large portion of the day. Uh, it was a very hot day that day, right? So, you know, this place had been closed up, and for the most part, the windows hadn't been broken. Um, the inside was a different story, but the windows hadn't been broken, so all that heat was trapped inside. You know, you get the greenhouse effect going on, and it felt like 95 degrees in there. And we downed, I don't know how many Gatorades I downed as we were walking around this place. Um, now, earlier on in its abandonment, um, as I had gleaned from photos from, from other explorers who had been there earlier in the game, right, right when it closed in 2015, at that point, the whole building had had power and was pretty clean with lots of stuff left behind. Uh, by the time we were able to, to, you know, slowly look into every nook and cranny of the old hospital, things were less neat and tidy. You know, scrappers had gotten in there, um, as they eventually always do, okay? Um, whole sections were ripped to ribbons and shreds. You know, copper had been pulled out of the walls. You know, kids had smashed drywall down. Um, just, it was a mess. There was stuff everywhere. Um, you know, what had once been these tidy and brightly lit hallways were now these shadowy, debris-filled, melancholy passageways. And the only light that was there were from the individual rooms. You know, as you're walking down these hallways, totally dark and shadowy, except for the lights of the open doors. You know, the windows in those rooms were letting in some light. So very, uh, you know, kind of sinister. You know, sinister, you know, it's a hospital. You know, it's, it's going to be. 
Um, and of course, you had your you know obligatory pop cans everywhere, candy wrappers, all, all the trash and shit that's scattered around the place. You know, left behind by the kids, the kids that had gotten in. Plenty of kids have gotten into this place. Um, and, and of course, they had used their truly legendary artistic skills to scrawl um, what I can only call oddly shaped dicks on the wall. Um, I, I have to wonder if these people have ever seen dicks, because the dicks they were drawing looked nothing like dicks. And I'm sure you guys have seen those things on the wall. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, very rarely do you get an anatomically correct dick on the wall. Um, so, as many, you know, as well as many other singular and edgy as hell four-letter words, right? Um, you know, these little, 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 little brain grunts that spurted out with magic marker. Um, you know, these truly great poets that these kids were. You know, I'm assuming they're high school kids, right? Who, you know, oh, I wrote, I wrote, I wrote a bad word on the wall. <laughs> I'm so edgy. You know, that kind of thing. Um, you, you guys, if you're listening, you're not, you're not that edgy. All right, <clears throat> not poets. I'm sarcastic when I say that. Now, in my own humble opinion, <clears throat> my most favorite spot in the whole sad pile was the old surgical bay upstairs. Um, as we made our way upstairs, there there was this you know surgical area, uh, and it had the the green kind of minty green, almost like subway tile in it around the edges of it. Um, it still had the extendable lights intact with those long articulated arms that, that had the lights on them all outstretched at weird askew angles with the lights. The lights were still in them, oddly enough, not smashed. It was hard to believe. I thought for sure they'd be smashed up. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just to tell you guys ahead of time, my allergies have been a pain in the ass. I know I told you that last, last week. Uh, I've had these allergies now since early September, and I don't know what to do to get rid of them, but man, it's constant. Anyway, continuing on. Um... This mint green tile, which was just gorgeous, uh, was probably meant, I'm guessing, to provide a calming effect. You know, if you're going into surgery, you got this nice mint green. It's supposed to calm you down. Um, had these old terrazzo floors uh, that were strangely still clean. Um, the rest of the building had a bunch of crap all over the floor, but the, the surgical bays were still pretty clean. All told, a little bit of dusty, but, you know, not too bad. Serviceable. Um, all of the surgical equipment was gone including all the old gurneys. Didn't find any old gurneys, unfortunately. Uh, but the place was still in stellar condition considering how the other areas of the hospital were. Um, a lot of the other areas were trashed beyond comprehension. <laughs> this, the surgical area was the most cleanest area of them, of them all. Um, even the sink and wash-up areas for the post-op, you know, when the doctors are done with, with operating, you know, go wash up, uh, they looked as if somebody could just turn the lights on, you know, dust the place up a little bit and get back to business. They're really, you know, there was still... It was still clean. It was, it was bizarre. Um, I wish I had been in the game before 2018 um, because the place was so different in the initial photos I had seen. Uh, the grime and the mold that it had built up in just five years, there's this overpowering stench of mildew. You know, and, and most abandoned buildings have that, but this was almost overpowering. There were areas where the water had gotten in, you know, there was puddles on the floor, and it just the, the mildew and the mold, just that smell threatened to choke us. There were some areas where it was just overpowering. Like, we had to, like, put our shirts over our faces and go fast through these areas. It was bad. Probably should have had masks on, to be told. Truth, you know, truth to be told. Um, you know, uh, the fact that every bit of glass was shattered and, and that so much scrapping had been done, um, you know, rendered certain sections completely unrecognizable from what they had been in former pictures. Like, pictures, places, there were scenes that I remember seeing in photos that I couldn't believe this, this was what I was looking at. Uh, just totally wrecked. Um, we weren't able to capture the full essence of the place as it had really been. 
Um, the people who got in there first really, really could do that. We could only, you know, we were only, we were getting sloppy seconds. Basically, that's all we had to work with. Um, you know, like 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 so many other places, is now just a shell of its former self, um, which is sad because you know you think to yourself, how many children have been born here? You know, who had been born here? Uh, how many lay, lives were saved here? How many kids had broken bones, reset, and casted here? You know, how many people had had said goodbye to loved ones here? You know, surrounding a bed, uh, you know, departing, you know, departing loved one dying, and you know, they're all in tears. Like, I mean, there was there was that kind of energy. You could still feel that energy, um, even though it was kind of faded with time. Um, it's a hospital. You get that vibe. Uh, this was a place that had the energy of a building that knew it was done being functional and that, you know, now it was just a waiting game till the end. You could tell it was just kind of tired and, and done and, you know, that, that last exhale, you know, I'm tired. That was the, that was the, that was the vibe I got from this building. Um, the lobby downstairs was completely wrecked and the mold here was extreme. Uh, every surface seemed to have dark green and black splotches and just that, that, that muck, that, that, that mold becomes, like that slime, everywhere. Uh, once the power had been turned off, all the HVAC stopped, uh, no more circulating air, and, of course, pipes had been pulled out of the walls, so water went everywhere. There was probably water running down the hallways for God knows how long before they shut the water off. Um, you know, just And it all dripped down to the lowest point, which is the lobby. So, you know, you've got water dripping down through elevator shafts and through vents and through all kinds of things into the lobby. And in five years... This place was completely transformed from a, a modern and bright lobby into this wretched, damp, dark realm of rotten wreckage. We're talking like, you know, like, like Yoda living in the swamps and Empire Strikes Back kind of kind of mold and rot. It was, just, it was swampy. It was swampy in there, especially with the heat. The smell and the heat and the wet, it was just, it was rough. Um, I know you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm sure you've been in similar situations. Now, as we explored, I had to kind of laugh to myself because, you know, before we went into this place, I did some research and there were all kinds of tales of supposed intense hauntings, I say that in quotes, throughout the hospital. Um, you know, everybody had stories about, oh, I, I, I saw something, or I heard something, or I felt something. Um, even back in 2017 or so, there was a group from a TV show called Paranormal Quest. It's one I don't remember, but... I, there were so many at that point. Who knows? Uh, Paranormal Quest came to the abandoned hospital to do an episode for their show. And the tagline for the episode claimed, This building is saturated in death with tens of thousands of alleged lives lost. I mean, like, I had to think to myself, alleged lives lost? Like, that pretty much wraps up any normal hospital with a, with a pretty red ribbon. I mean, yeah, tens of thousands of lives lost. People go there to die. That's what happens in hospitals. People die there all the time. Right, especially in a place like Lorraine, where you got gunshot wounds and poor environmental, you know, health-related issues. That's a daily thing. Um, so yeah, people have died there. That's not shocking. Um, you know, any any major hospital in an inner city situation has had that happen. Um, so you know, again, I'm like, oh, here we go with the with the you know, clickbait kind of kind of stuff here. Now, um, do I say the place is completely ghost-free? No, um, I would not in the least doubt that there might be a few random spirits sticking around you know for whatever reason they might have had to do that you know they tend to stick around for different reasons um if you're into if you believe in that kind of thing uh we experienced none of the terrifying hauntings right and it's not terrifying in quotes uh we didn't see any of that the show purported to be there um in the long hallways there we we didn't you know uh we didn't see anything the paranormal quest crew reported that almost every investigator experienced seeing apparitions 
you know, shadow people, hearing doors slamming, being slapped or touched, having things being thrown, um, lots of other unexplained phenomenon. You know, I, 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 maybe they did. I'm not saying they didn't. Um, you know, maybe that kind of thing ramps up at night, and that's when they were there. I mean, but while we were there, and we were there a good four hours in, in some pretty dark and dim areas, and none of us experienced anything stranger than the usual things you've seen in a abandoned hospital. On a, on a sweaty summer day, right? Plenty of broken glass, mold and dicks on the walls. You know, that's, that's it. That's all we saw. Uh, no threatening activity by any kind of demons or paranormal anything. Um, no doors were slammed. No shoulders got tapped. There were no disembodied voices down dark corridors. Um, there was no point where anybody felt uneasy or watched. Unless you, you know, count us occasionally looking down at the street to see if there were any of Lorraine's finest roaming around on the ground level. You know, were there any cops <laughs> showing up to, to, to look around? Now, that was the only problem we had, the only, the only concern we had. Um, I, I felt nothing. And usually I get a vibe. If, I, if there's something going on, like, you know you're being watched. You can feel it. And I didn't feel that at all anywhere. So maybe it's just a time of day. Who knows? Um, if there were ghosts there, they left us alone. Or were at least friendly bystanders who had no problem with us being there, uh, or just didn't feel like making their presences known. Who knows? You know, we'll never know. Um, but you know, I, and if if you went there and had paranormal experiences, man, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your story. I don't doubt that things happened there, but while we were there, we felt and saw nothing. The three of us that were there. So. Again, if you know, if you had an experience there, if you explored there, um, I would love to hear about it. Drop me a message and let me know. Tell me about it. Um, so we spent most of our day inside this humid, thick air, you know, this hulk of St. Joe's. And eventually, after four hours, the heat got to be way too much. It just got to be too much. We needed fresh air. You know, we're talking like 95, almost 100 degrees inside this place. Um, it didn't matter what floor we were on. It was just this thick, nasty, you know, between the mold and the heat and the fact that we were drenched in sweat, completely out of Gatorade or water, you know, dehydration was now becoming a possible threat. We decided to call it an end to, to the exploration at that point. Um, probably a wise idea. You got to know when to say when, uh, could there have been other things we missed? I'm sure there were, uh, I'm sure we missed some things, but you just got to know when to quit. Um, so, you know, that being the case, we, we gingerly poked our heads out of the door we had originally used to enter earlier that morning, you know, making sure to get a good look, you know, a good peek at the street for any, any of the local gendarme, right, or passersby, you know, dog walkers who might give us trouble. Um, quickly all piled out into the hot, but decidedly much fresher air outside, like, you know, Lorraine's Lorraine, but like that air tasted like wine compared to the, uh, the hot moldy air inside. It was, it was, it felt 20 degrees cooler, even though it was probably in the nineties outside or in the upper eighties. Uh, it felt like heaven out there for at least a few minutes. Um, yeah. So we walked back to our car across the street, congratulated ourselves on a successful incident free explorer. Um, and little did we know it, but within a year, all of the hallways, bays, passages, rooms, all of the areas that we had been in in St. Joe's would be a rubble heap. All right, forever gone, forever part of the unreachable past, erased. Uh, demolition on the main hospital began uh, in the winter of 2021. Um, it was kind of like we all knew it was happening, we all knew it was coming, but none of us, you know, again, as with many things, you don't believe it's going to happen until it finally does. You're like, yeah, everybody talks about demo, but it's, you know, people have said that before and nothing happens. But this time, you know, for real, uh, starting in 2021 is kind of, <laughs> we've talked about this before too, how everything started coming down. The money was just all of a sudden there. Uh, so now that all remains is the community center, 
That's all that's there still. Uh, and according to recent reports in the news, that's not long for this world either, uh, as well as the parking garage. Um, they just did a test on it to test its structural integrity. I don't know what the results of that were. I can't imagine that, that they'll leave either one of those structures up um, any more than a few years. So sadly, uh, all that may remain, despite lofty ideas on how to develop the property, is this, this vast, empty, weed-choked lot. That's all that's left of this hospital that saw so many people come through it. It was completely gone now. Um, and if you talk to people from Lorraine, they, they're sad about it. You'll hear people that, you know, I had my children there. Um, you know, different stories, you'll get all kinds of stories. You know, um, ask somebody. <laughs> the older folks have tons of stories about, about St. Joe's. So that's the story of St. Joe's. Um, the other story I want to get to today has to do with a vehicle of sorts that was abandoned. Um, and this one is kind of a neat one. Um, it's kind of a mystery still, got a little bit of a mystery, so I'll lay it out for you guys here. Uh, it has to do with something called the Black River Ghost Boat, or Ghost Ship, depending on who you're asking. All right, so uh, this was last summer. Well, I mean, I, I've been to this place a couple times, but the, the, the most recent time we were there was on a hot and dry, you know, northeastern Ohio summer day uh, this past August. You know, earlier in the morning, uh, my friend and I, a uh, compatriot of mine, we, we traveled back into Lorraine, and you know, basically that day was meant to just kind of cruise around, you know, and, and see what we could see. Sometimes there's just days where you cruise around and you just look for stuff to shoot, you know. Something might look interesting at the time, you'll pull over, shoot, get back in the car and go. You know, the, you leave the car running, leave the AC going, hop out, shoot, and you leave. Um, you know, some days just call for that, you know, free, what we call free-form exploring, you know, sometimes all you get is a handful of interesting roadside shots, and sometimes you wind up with getting something totally unexpected. You know, you, you get a, a factory you've never seen before. You know, sometimes things just fall into your lap. Uh, this day was kind of more of, of the former. Uh, we just were driving around. We spent most of that dry and, and rather woozy morning going from place to place. No, no real plan in place. Stopping every now and again to shoot. Um, and there's lots of ornate building facades uh, all over Lorraine. Lorraine, you know, back in the day had money and their buildings, their old buildings show it. Um, there's all kinds of fancy buildings on Broadway, which is basically downtown. Um, neon signs, you know, on an old bar. There's a, East 28th Street is the other big, big long street in town. Um, there's an old abandoned YMCA that's, that's sealed up tight. That's got amazing architecture. Um, there's all kinds of cool stuff. Old, old uh, just old industrial office buildings that are now, you know, that are still being used, but, not much is going on there. Um, we even rolled up. There's, there's an old empty gravel lot along the railroad tracks along East 28th Street. Um, you know, it runs west and east through town. And uh, this gravel lot gave us the perfect shot to shoot uh, the old, now silent U.S. Steel blast furnaces. You know, Lorraine has this giant U.S. Steel plant, um, and they're 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 defunct. There's nothing going on. They're silenced. I don't know if they're on standby. I don't know what they're doing. But we got shots of that. They're very ominous and and just you know without activity since they were shut down a few years ago. Very quiet and just kind of sad and eerie. And it, they were they was a great great day to shoot these things. Very very um, hazy and just it just was perfect. Uh, the scene was perfect. Um, you know, Mother Nature had already begun to creep around the mill property, and, and there was grass growing up, and vines were starting to grow on a lot of the outbuildings, and there was all kinds of equipment left behind. Now, we couldn't cross into there to see. They got razor wire and security, so that wasn't happening. But we did get some cool shots of the outside. 
All right. Um, you know, just another late sign of the slow economic collapse that is still being felt in the Rust Belt. You know, decades after steel began to decline in America, where it's, it's still going on. And sadly, Lorraine is still feeling the pounding of that. Um, I'm sure lots of people lost their jobs when that steel mill closed, uh, which is, sucks. I don't know that anybody's ever going to take it back over. At this point, it's who knows. Um, anyway. It was at this point, you know, while we were doing this, that I remembered a certain place that I had been to years before, back in 2018, that I'd originally shot with my, you know, my old shit heap Panasonic point-and-click camera that I talk about all the time, all right, this old camera that I had gotten as a gift for Christmas, all right, I had shot this place um, years, almost five years ago now, and it's a place that in my travels I've not seen the like of, and that is the ghost ship of Lorraine. Uh, we hopped into my car and we uh, headed off for Henderson Drive, which is where this boat's located. Um, connects the southern part of the city with the northern half. Kind of, kind of crosses, you know, across the city, um, across the Black River. So we parked in yet another another gravel lot. You know, this is kind of a lot where semi drivers park their cars, you know, park their trucks to get a few hours of shut eye, you know, late at night, that kind of place. You know, just you know, gravel, weeds, and garbage, and the occasional truck trucker asleep. Um, we parked there, and it was right up along uh, Henderson Drive, where you have to walk up this long sidewalk, this long arcing sidewalk that leads up to the high, soaring span of the Lofton Henderson Memorial Bridge. Um, this this amazing girdered bridge, which is named after uh, a decorated World War II aviator, Lofton Russell Anderson, who was born and raised in Lorraine. Guy bombed a lot of a lot of people in World War II, ran a lot of missions, so they named the bridge after him. Um, this bridge carries Henderson Drive up and over the Black River between the two sides of town. Uh, the bridge itself is this amazingly charismatic structure. It's got cantilevered uh, trusses providing some amazing geometric lines. You've got all these geometric lines going on. It's, it's amazing to shoot just by itself. Um, if you've got the time to stop and walk up there, it's, it's, a great, it's a great shoot. Now, beginning the long curved ascent up to the summit of the bridge, you know, and, and the wind off of Lake Erie has started to pick up. Um, higher up, like we're real close, about a mile away from the lake. You've got this hot, dry wind coming off the lake, and it was blowing dust from this active gravel pit along the river straight at us. Like right, right next to where we're walking up this hill is this giant gravel pit, and there's just dust flying across. So we're, you know, we're we're walking along like we're in the the Sahara Desert with like our shirts over our faces and cameras, you know, in our bags so they wouldn't wouldn't get dust on them. It was just it was one of those situations. It was crazy. Um, we're walking up to the bridge, um, and, you know, we have this great, great uh, sight line from the heights we were at. You could see all of uh, Lorraine all around us, you know, the different buildings and the different areas. You could see everything from up high. We're, you know, pretty high up off the ground at this point. Um, and eventually we reached our goal. We, we reached the bridge. Uh, this cracked ribbon of sidewalk took us all the way up to the side of this massive structure, this massive bridge. And the, the, you know, the sidewalk, you know, kind of it, it follows along the side of the bridge, you know, opposite from the, where the traffic's at. So you have, you know, this decent-sized sidewalk up, you know, way up in the air. We're talking like 100 feet or so in the air. Um, you know, you walk over the bridge, and down below is the slowly moving Black River. Uh, you know, this brown water uh, heading slowly for the lake a mile away. Um, and this section of the Black River is relatively quiet. There used to be more industry there at one point, but that's all been torn down. So you just have this, it's basically marshland now, uh, the area where you walk up and over it. Uh, so looking down as you cross over the bridge, uh, on the north side of the bridge, there nestled up alongside the west bank of the Black River. You know, and this, this thing was far from being the Barge of Caron, right, which, which crossed the River Styx. 
if, if you know Greek mythology, right, the boat that ushered the dead to the underworld in Greek mythology, um, was our target, the ghost ship. Um, which is kind of a funny name for it. I mean, it, it, it makes it sound more more mysterious than it actually is, um, which is kind of the fun of it. Um, this this infamous and, and long-languishing hull of the good ship Upper Canada. That's what this, 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 this ghost ship was called. 90 feet long, um, anchored off the shore uh, for 20 years plus now. And uh, sadly, it's now canted to one side after taking on water, so this boat is basically up against the shore and, like, sinking into the mud. Um, you know, 90 foot long is not too shabby. Um, it's not a massive boat, but it's a small Great Lakes inner island ferry. Uh, and, you know, it used to run cars from different islands and different places. It was one of those types of boats. And uh, it's got a pretty interesting and long history. Um, the boat just up and appeared one day, way back in the beginning of the, of the century. And uh, owner anchored it there under the shadow of the bridge and just left it there to rust and slowly sink into the sludge and reeds in the, in, in, on, on, the, on the banks. So this boat's been there for 20-plus years now, and, and nobody really seems to know why it's there or what its purpose is or you know who the owner is or what the owner does. It's just a mystery. This boat was just left there, and because it's technically tied to private property, the city can't do anything about it. It's, it's, it's there. It's just sitting there. Um, now, my first trip to the Upper Canada, this, this boat in 2018, the ship was still sitting above water. Uh, it was rusting and peeling. Uh, the paint was, you know, the, the paint was completely peeling off. Um, at that point, she could have still been towed out and taken to a dry dock at the time. They could have towed her out of there uh, and maybe refit her, cleaned her up, reused her. Um, but by the time we reached her five years later this summer, the chances of that are pretty far less because when we returned, you know, it's, it's, she's half in and out of the water. Um, later that winter in 2018, we, we, we went back. The Black River had frozen completely, and we were able to actually cross the ice to get onto the ship. Uh, we climbed up the side. Uh, there was a, a rope that someone had tied to the deck above, and you were able to like kind of scale the boat and get up. It's you know, a couple feet up. Uh, we were able to get onto the boat. Uh, the decay inside the boat was way more pronounced than what it appeared to be from a distance. You know, it, it looked bad, but when you finally get on the boat, it's way worse. Um, the wheelhouse and the cabin doors are all busted open. You know, they're not on their hinges anymore. Uh, the windows are all smashed out. There's garbage and trash everywhere on the deck of the boat. Uh, mold had grown into all the nooks and crannies. Uh, it was in sad shape. You know, this, this, this once proud boat sitting there, you know, abandoned, just in this horrible shape. Um, you know, the, the true tale of bad times you know, lay in the rust that coated everything. There was rust on everything. Um, Northeast Ohio winters are, are brutal, and, you know, the elements have been pounding away on this ship now for 20 years, and I can only imagine, um, you know, that, that the ship now, if you were to get on board it now, would probably be even worse than what we saw five years back. I mean, it's probably even worse now. There may be whole sections of the floor that are, that are rusted through. I don't know. Um, you can tell it's it's further along on its journey to, to complete oblivion, though, at this point. Even looking from up high up on the deck of the bridge. Um, just bad shape. And it's so sad. This was, this was, you know, if you if you look into the history of this boat, it, it has a proud history, right? It has a proud history. So what's the deal with this boat? How did it get there? Why is it there? Why has no one claimed her, you know, to try to salvage what must have been a decent lake-worthy craft? Why, you know, what's the deal? Uh, a little history on the Upper Canada. She was constructed as an automobile and, and passenger ferry, was christened and launched in May of 1949, and her original name was the Romeo and Annette. Um, 
entered service under the command of who I assume was is the you know the eponymous Romeo, Captain Romeo Allard, uh, maybe a French Canadian, I don't know, uh, who operated her as a ferry across the Bay of Chaleur between Bathurst, New Brunswick, and the Gaspe Peninsula, Quebec. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing those names right. Canadians and, and Quebecois, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sorry. I'm doing my best here. All right. Um, now, in 1966, the ferry was renamed Upper Canada. I kind of like the old name better. You know, Romeo and Annette sounds kind of cool. Uh, it, it was used as a second ferry between Kingston and Wolf Island at the far eastern end of Lake Ontario. So it was it was ferrying people back and forth back then. 1976, the year I was born, Upper Canada served as a backup for the Pele Islander on Lake Erie. Uh, Pele Island is, is just north of Kelly's Island, if you're familiar, right? The island area uh, up by Sandusky. That area there. Um, and then later on, it was leased to the Beau Soleil First Nation. Native Americans, um, for service on the Christian Island run uh, in Georgian Bay, which is further north, up towards Lake Superior. And that was between 96 and 2000. Then, for whatever reason, um, the Upper Canada was purchased and then moved to Lorain, Ohio, uh, by her new and, at least up to the time of this broadcast, final owner, uh, a guy by the name of Alan you know, quotes Al, right, Al Johnson. Um, her registration expired in 2008, uh, and the boat has been abandoned ever since. Uh, Lorraine police have talked to this guy, it's a good old Al, and in 2015 was the last time we know anything about them talking to him. Um, there were some kayakers, these, 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 these yin-yangs had, had, had boarded the boat and then found uh, maybe their kayaks had drifted away, uh, they didn't tie them down, and they required rescue from the marine patrol, <laughs> so these, these, these dipshits had gotten onto the boat, and their boats had floated away, and they had no way to get off the boat. Now, they could have swam. It's not that far to the shore. It's probably like 12 feet to the shore. There's a little bit of water. It's probably like, you know, 10 feet. I don't know. Something like that. You could have swam and gotten out. But for whatever reason, they called the Marine Patrol, and it pissed everybody off. And that's when they decided to act on this boat. Um, now, at the time, uh, good old Al Johnson told officers that the boat had a hull made for traversing through ice. Um, it was solid. It wasn't going to sink. Uh, you know, it floats. There was no leaks. Um, he agreed to post a no trespassing sign on the vessel, which he did. But, I, you know, as things go, it must have, you know, in quotes, accidentally been removed by an explorer and then cast into the into the into the Black River because it was nowhere to be found last August. I didn't see any any no trespassing signs around, so I'm sure someone ripped it off, took it, tossed it, you know, as as expected. Um, now back at that back in 2015, at the time, officers also contacted the Coast Guard's Marine Safety Unit and they came out and did a an inspection. And they deemed the boat to be not hazardous to the environment. There were no holes. It wasn't leaking anything. Um, it wasn't in the middle of the shipping channel. So there wasn't, you know, much they could do. It was grounded on private property. And it would need to be removed by private salvage. They, they weren't going to, you know, foot the bill. Um, and nobody's done that up to now. Nobody really seems to know where Al Johnson is or what his plans are for the old wreck. Uh, even if he's still alive. Who knows? Um, especially now that it's sinking into the river. Uh, it's probably lost a lot of its value at this point. Um, in fact, I wasn't able to find any info on Al after a rather lengthy dig on the internet late one night. You know, who is this guy? What does he do? Is he some kind of, you know, hidden Batman-like billionaire? You know, is he more like Lex Luthor? What, what is this guy's deal? Nobody seems to know. Is he into real estate? Is he, you know, what does he do? Um, why did he buy a ferry, dock it in Lorraine, and then abandon it? 
you know, almost like the guy didn't want to be found. I don't know. I mean, inquiring minds want to know, and I, I have questions. I want to know what this guy is about. What's the deal here? I want that story. You know, what, what happened? We may never find out. Hopefully someday we will. Um, now, when we shot uh, the upper Canada from the bridge deck above, um, there were a string of yellow oil booms around the boat, like these floating oil booms around the boat. Um, I'm assuming the Coast Guard put that there uh, just in case debris or oil slicks got loose to keep that from contaminating the river. Um, I have no idea if the EPA has been involved as of August, um, but considering the fact that the booms have been there, uh, it tells me that maybe they were involved. You know, that's kind of a, it seems like an EPA thing kind of do to do, uh, to be modestly concerned with it, I guess. Um, now, there are always rumors floating around um, over the years that I've heard uh, that the Upper Canada is going to be rescued, towed away, restored, but, you know, so far, bupkis, nothing. Um, at this stage, they need to pump her out. They need to pump her hull out, float her, patch the holes, and, uh, you know, tugboat her the hell out of there. Uh, and I have no idea how much that would cost. I'm assuming millions of dollars, and I doubt either the City of Lorraine or the Coast Guard will want to foot the bill for that. I'm highly doubting they're going to want to do that. Um, so unless there's some wealthy benefactor standing by with a few million to blow, uh, doesn't seem to be that much is going to be done for the poor Upper Canada. She's stranded there in the riverside mud. Her mooring lines have long since rotted through. Her car deck is half flooded with water. Um, you know, every day the elements work more and more sorcery on her hull. You know, pretty much ensuring that she never rides the waves of the Great Lakes again. You know, it's a sad ending to a once proud 75-plus old vessel, you know, year-old vessel uh, that saw quite a bit of history. Um, lots of people got to ride this thing, and it, it, it saw quite a tour in its, its, you know, in its day. So we're talking almost now 75 years of, of, of this thing being here. Now, if you know anything about this, I would love to hear. Like, if you if you're from Lorraine and you know who this Al guy is, you know, I would love to hear your story. Let me know. I would love to, to follow up with this. I would love to find out. You know, is, is there a situation? You know, is something going to happen with the boat? Um, is it going to be rescued? Is it going to be scuttled? What are they going to do with it? All right. So that's the story of the Upper Canada, the ghost ship of the Black River in Lorraine. Um, so there we have it, guys. That's the stories for today. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Um, by the time this. Uh, by the time this is, is out to you guys, I'll be on my way to uh, to Buffalo. So I hope you guys have an awesome weekend. Um, rest assured that whatever goes on this coming weekend, I will be telling you guys about next week at some point. Uh, have a great weekend yourselves. Enjoy the weather. Um, keep on exploring out there. Keep those pictures coming. And, uh, and uh, above all, be safe. All right? Um, we'll see you guys in the next one. This is Mr. P signing out. <laughs>